This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, ethics, philosophy. Hi, uh, it's Colin, and you're listening to another episode of Incisive Decisive with me and the man, Sean. And so this is, uh, we're recording this after the um, after the launch night. Oh, yeah, new... lots of sore heads. Uh, well, no, I've got a croaky throat. Yeah, you have, as yeah. if you've got a bad hangover. As I if you and I, I, no, as no, if no. you and I were smoking cigars into the wee small hours, which <laughs> actually weren't at all. This is the plan to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, because... I honestly wouldn't have mentioned that. I see. Um, so, t- so it's now. This is it's what the third of May, and it's about half past nine because I was late as always, and um, and the lunch night was last night, and um, it was God. And I've said this before, like in a career with a hundred thousand highlights, it was like um, one of the highlights of my career. So uh, yes, it was uh, an impressive night, full full of the stars of local dentistry. Yeah, I guess that's it probably was, it was right. Quite, I didn't hadn't thought that. Yeah, I mean. Simon T was there. It's good to uh, see him. Jason Wong had a really interesting chat with Jason Wong. All right, yeah. yeah um, lots of lots of people that have started screwing things into bits of people's faces. Lots of those people. Yeah, um, yeah. that was good. And yeah, it was it was interesting to catch up. And and um, the theme of last night was about collaboration. It was about mm. it was about trying to get people to work together and talk together. Um, and I think that was the I was a surprise to people. I think they th- I think some people thought it was going to just be like a sales event. Um, and I hope, no. it, I hope it didn't come across. No, not, no, not so. It was quite nice to hear different people's stories about about having worked together. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think I, I, the, the the overall theme of the night was we can do all this. Uh-huh. This is what we can do when we work together. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's important. Wouldn't we, it be great if like this little part of the world became like a model for how that could work? Yeah, that would be. That'd be a nice thing to do. It would, be great. <laughs> it would be great to work in that environment, but maybe not. Right. So today, after that preamble and waffle, and that, there wasn't any. Um, um, I, I, Tom and I were talking about this actually in the last few days, and so we we decided to uh, we celebrate for ten seconds, and then get back to work. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. And so we, so you know, we had a bit of a high five last night when we got home, and I had one um, non-alcoholic beer. So check nice. me out. Yeah, Alcafry. Well, one of the things I have noticed, in we, we are currently recording in the luxurious Campbell Clinic <laughs> office, and there's a load of non-alcoholic becks. In there's the a load of non-alcoholic becks on the wall. <laughs> Sean has actually sat. In Marie's seat, that's where Marie usually sits, so you can blame her. But it's, it's not, it's not salubrious. It used to, I used to be the only occupant of this office, really? and now I'm not well, even in it. One, two, three, four, five chairs, five desks, yeah. five desks. Yeah. Now for yeah. one, where one person was. That's why we're moving practice because it's just crackers mental. And um, there's five, there's five people in here, and they have to hot desk in and out of home mm. working because there's actually about. Yeah, and we've people, kicked them all out today. Ten people that work out there. <laughs> no, what's interesting is that. This is how dentistry is. Nobody fucking works on a Friday, Friday do now. they? That's why I'm here. And <laughs> me. No, but, but, it, but so, so, the, so every day of the week, this is rammed and people are going, I can't get a seat, I can't get a seat. And I go, you can get a seat on a Friday. They yeah, don't yeah. come in on a Friday. So never mind. So um, so thank you for mentioning that because it was okay. epic. And, and, I, and I hope it's kind of still reverberating around. And I guess what we were talking about last night was, you know, that was... That was the pre-launch in a place that isn't even the clinic. So God knows yeah. what it's actually going to be like when we open the building. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully the people that were there will come back to see that and then other people will come and see it and we'll carry on with this message of trying to work together because that's really what we're interested in. So, but today I think we should talk about indemnity. Yes. Hot topic at the moment. Yeah. 
Um, so as we're recording this, about a week, two weeks ago, the BDA announced yeah. that they are launching their indemnity service. Um, we don't know that many details as we record yet. Apart- they've, 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 they've kind of... They've kind of basked in the reflected glory of some high-level people that are going to be experts. Well, yeah, so Lenda Cruz is heading it up, uh-huh. and um, full disclosure, um, Lenda Cruz is one of the lecturers on my he's great, master's though. course, and he's, he's great. also controversial, a bit of a controversial article on hygienists and um, how they can work on their own. Should they work on their own? I didn't see that. Yeah, no, yeah that's, that's... What was his view on that? Um, so he wrote it with uh, a periodontist, and it. I, th- I think, and I, I haven't... I haven't read it in depth for, for a while. I think his um, his general viewpoint is uh, hygienists shouldn't shouldn't work without a nurse. But if you are going to work without a nurse, here's how you do it. Ah, yeah. Ah. So, so, so we will not allow that. I and I would I would strongly. But we wouldn't would not allow a clinician no, to work no, with a nurse. We have a CDT here, a hygiene therapist and hygienist and dentist, and, and none of us work without. Mm. I, I, yeah, it's interesting. Though. It's interesting. Though. So I'm going to try and try and grab an interview with Len at, Ooh, at some point out, to yeah. um, to try and sort of get his views on that, get his views on on the indemnity situation um, in the UK in general. Because obviously, those who don't know, Len was high up in dental protection. Yeah, really. For a while. Dental protection went through a restructuring, uh-huh. which we'll probably talk about. Very well known for his well BDA work, yeah. um, dental legal work, has, has literally written the book on. Dental law. Yeah. Um, sorry, Steve Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he has he has written the book on dental law. And um, now, yeah, he's, I'm not going to say defected, but he... I, I, just off the bat, and I don't know anything about this, and so you can get harangued when you... Yeah. But you don't need to research it in detail. My concern, it must be underwritten. Yeah. Because it needs um, a big pool of money behind it. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is. But it's yeah. an insurance scheme then? Yes, so it's an insurance-based scheme. So we should probably talk about the difference between yeah, we should. Um, what different providers provide. So if, you, if you're looking at the traditional indemnity providers, so yeah. Dental Protection, uh, DDE, uh, MDDUS, yep. they provide a discretionary service. Yeah, explain that, because actually when I talk to people about it, they don't necessarily understand that. So... So I'm a member of Dental Protection. Uh, again, disclosure again. Uh, discretionary service. So um, at any time, if I get hauled up uh, in front of the GDC or if I um, have a, a case against me of any description, they will represent me at their discretion. Yeah. And it has occurred in the past where that representation has been removed. It has. I, I think it's fair, though, to give, to give a fair representation to them and say that that is still... Extremely unusual, and and I think the reality is that they tend to go the other way. And the thing is, you hear about the ones where the yeah. and what you don't hear and you can't hear about is the underlying reasons for it. Yeah, you, I think that's very fair. I think there are one of the def, one of the triads of defence unions um, who have got a bad rep for that. Mm. There's three that you've mentioned, and there's one of them that has a bad rep for that. But I think that there is. Um, you know, in their in their defence, um, you, you're quite right. You you you'll hear that the rumour mill will go wild with the person yeah, who's had it removed, that. and you don't get the full picture of that, and they won't disclose that because they can't. No, of course not. No. And you will the rumour mill will not go wild with the people that they've gone over and above to help. So so there's one um one case in particular that I can't go into the details of, but there's a very very well publicised case where the indemnity was withdrawn. 
it was withdrawn, so I hear, allegedly, it was withdrawn because the defendant would not go along with the barrister's recommendations at all, Mm -hmm. showed no insight, and the barrister said, I cannot represent you in this situation. Um, The technical term is professional embarrassment, and that's why that that representation was withdrawn, not because the Protection Society was doing the wrong thing, but because the defendant shows no yeah. insight into clear, clear Absolutely. problems. And so I, I've thought about this quite a lot, actually, mm. um, at times, and had discussions with people, and with people quite well in the know. And I know it was, I hate this because we're being all mysterious, but yes. we're trying not to get struck off. <laughs> um, but... Um, and one of us might want a job. We've had conversations about this off here. But, um, <laughs> but when indemnity is removed from a mutual society, mm. it's removed for the benefit of the members. Yes. We must remember yeah. that. The society makes a decision to move indemnity from an individual for the benefit of the membership group. So it's protecting the rest of the group. It's protecting the herd. And, it, and you, you can call that decision and say it's right or wrong, but they can't defend someone at the expense of everybody else. But much like everything else, you, that is very much, that's the big world view of things. Yeah. But you don't get that reported, do you? No, you don't. You get, you get that single anecdote of, yeah, you do. I was, this happened to me, I had my defence withdrawn, aren't this protection society the worst in the world? So don't, don't sign up with them, sign up with these guys. I have, in, in, the, in my GDC case, I'm with the MDDUS. So, um, and um, they were brilliant. Okay, outstanding. My advisor was Mike Williams. Um, I've known Mike for a long time. He's lo- he was local to us here. He was brilliant. My my solicitor uh, was James Doak. He was absolutely brilliant. Right, and there's no question. I was me in that case. I I pushed things. I said I want to do it like this and I want to do it like that. But when I said that, they said okay. And they said, well, if you want to push it like that, you better show some evidence. And then I showed the evidence and they said, no problem. And they took it the way I wanted to do it. And they, and had we not worked together like that, it would have gone to a hearing. Um, and it didn't go to a hearing because of the case that we put forward at Investigation Committee. And and um, they were great. And, it was, and, I, and even though I'm left with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because of some aspects of it, looking at it with the broader picture, you know, Mike said to me, that, it was a, that was a big win, that case, mm, right? Mm. And I have... I was a, I for a long time worked as an expert for the MDDUS, um, and had did many. And my loft is full of uh, folders of cases, yeah. um, which I'd like to get rid of. And um, <laughs> um, I've never seen them misrepresent or badly represent an individual. I've seen them represent individuals where I've thought, "Oh my God, you know these guys are awful, yeah. right?" Yeah, yeah. And um, and they've still carried on. So it's fit. It's worth. Exp- you know. They, they, but you're right. We, we've gone off track. Yes, so that's. Right. That's, uh, so that's discretionary right. uh, <laughs> discretionary indemnity. So it rolls the two or two listeners. The, the yeah, my mum probably isn't going to really understand. She's this not going to understand. This is that, definitely sorry. a dental no, one. I've not even sworn yet. I've tried to keep it clean. <laughs> um, so the other side of the coin is the insurance-based indemnity. Yeah, um, and there are some um, big new movers in this market, certainly in England, um, because Scotland's a bit of a unique case as usual. Yeah. Um, Special. Special, yeah, yeah, special. Um, the big one that's been disrupted in the last last few years is Neil Taylor and TDS. Which started in Scotland. It started in Scotland. Yeah. And that's the area where uh, the BDA are moving into. There's a, there's a few more. There was also years ago, people of a certain age will remember the St. Paul. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a St. Paul pen when I was a student. Yeah, well, yeah. it came on the front of the BDG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had, and, and it was, yeah, so, so they tried it first. There's mm. no idea it's new, is it? No. Um, the interesting thing is, as, as I think on where we're talking about this whole, the whole BDA insurance back thing, is because they're not trying to steal from the defence unions, particularly. They're, they're going to try and cripple Taylor. So we talk about TDS. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, Neil. What I do know is that lots and lots and lots of dentists are moving from the big discretionary providers yeah. to the insurance providers, specifically TDS, yeah. for two reasons, I think. One, it's a lot cheaper. Uh-huh. Maybe up to a third of the cost of... Um, well, could uh, maybe, maybe less. Well, that, yeah. can we stop there for a minute? Yeah. Because it's, it's also worth saying, what do you pay for indemnity? I don't know if you're happy to say that. I certainly am. Um, and so... Um, because I was res- I was responsible or, or in part responsible for designing the MDDUS's tier okay, structure, yeah. right, in conjunction with Hugh Harvey, who was the head advisor there, and um, for implants, because um, he didn't know how to charge them out because they were new, mm-hmm. and um, and so that's where you got the bandings for bone grafting, sinus grafting, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I, I I'm two and a half days clinical, mm. so I pay a band which is four to six sessions a week yep. clinical. Uh, and I pay at the MDDUS close to six thousand. Okay, I am I am on a full time band with dental protection, and I pay somewhere between six and seven thousand pounds. Right, that, that's mental because I'm high end implant yeah. stuff, right? And I am bog standard. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so I'm paying for sinus graft and sinus work, all mm. of that stuff, mm. high risk stuff. Now, so if I was full time in, in here, I'd be about twelve thousand. Yeah, equivalent in Scotland. Oh, next twenty p. Two two and a half grand. Yeah, yeah. Northern Ireland. Oh, a huge amount of money. 22,000. Yeah, a huge amount of money. 22,000 for the same. So my full-time equivalent is 12, Northern Ireland is 22, Scotland is two and a half. And that's a reflection of the legal systems Very much and so. how the legal systems yeah, work. Yeah, so yeah. sorry, that, so back to TDS. So TDS, um, really disruptive, came on the market, I don't know, a few years ago now, yeah, five, five years, years anyway, ago maybe. Anyway. Have been very, very successful. Um, have taken a lot of the discretionary dentists. And that's very good. Very good for Neil. Very good for uh, the people that work with Neil, uh, which we'll probably talk about in a bit. Good for competition. Good for competition, yeah. yeah. Not so good for, for the people like dental protection, you'd no. think. However, so I was talking to um, a dental legal advisor at Dental Protection a few weeks ago, and um, I asked them, what is dental protection's view on the insurance-based indemnity uh, providers, the, the TDS, that kind of thing? Their response was very emphatically, we are not concerned about them at all, which I thought was very interesting. It is very interesting Be- because, and they'll have thought about this much more than we have, but um, if people continue to drip to insurance-based providers and leave the runoff cover, mm. because there is runoff cover yeah. with um, with, with MDDS, et cetera, um, all they'll end up doing is paying runoff cover and not collecting any fees. So, so, with you, the, so let's, let's explain that. With, um, with, the, in, with the discretionary... Um, uh, indemnifiers, you are covered for the incident that may happen at the time that it happens. So if you were covered by dental protection in 2005 and you've moved to Neil Taylor in 2012, say, but you are being sued over an incident in 2005, dental protection will cover you. Yeah, that's called runoff cover. For Also if you retire. Yeah, if you retire. If you move to an insurance-based provider and you retire, you have to buy runoff cover or if you change to another indemnifier you have to buy years worth of runoff cover yeah now i was talking to a very well connected dentist last night he was saying that what's happening now with some of the insurance providers is that people are getting a bit of a whiff of this and they're starting to 
to shop around and move around. With the crown indemnity coming in uh-huh. for some people, for, yeah. for, for medics Doctors, in particular. Yeah, yeah hospital-based practitioners, yeah. So you get very, very inexpensive crown indemnity. Uh-huh. But you still need to buy runoff cover for your insurance-based indemnity. And that runoff cover for the medics has been priced at the same as a yearly fee or a bit more. Uh-huh. So the market's been very disrupted. It's, it's in a real period of flux. Yeah, it is. And, and I can't, I think outwardly the, the defence unions might be saying they're not concerned. I can't believe that's true. So, yeah, so, so I was again talking to a, a friend of mine last weekend who was at a, a course where this came up. And someone had been talking about this and specifically dental protections figures and how uh, dental protections, dentist figures had been annihilated. I mean, absolutely annihilated. And the, so to move from one indemnity provider to another, uh-huh. you need uh, a letter yeah. of, of good standing yeah. to say that you're an okay dentist. Right. right? Yeah. So if you've got ongoing cases, you probably can't get that particularly yeah. easily. Or you need to you need to sort of freely admit that this is the situation. I may be a higher risk uh-huh. dentist, and that if you're being insured, if you're a higher risk dentist, higher premium. So if you're going to the insurance-based indemnity providers, and I've got exactly zero evidence this is what's happening. That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay, let's, let's get this out here. Study. Let's get this out here. So I'm in exactly the right position to give an opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you've, if you're an, in, an insurance-based indemnifier and you're offering a lower premium to people that are in good standing, don't have many cases against them or any cases against them, here, come with us. Your low risk will give you a really low premium. Brilliant. So you get a load of really low risk candidates uh-huh. for your insurance-based practice. Where does that leave the discretionaries? That leaves them potentially with a pool of higher risk dentists. Yes, it does. It's natural selection. So or what's what's yeah. going to happen to the premiums? It's going to go up for that, for that group. Yeah. Indemnity is going to end up eating itself, isn't it? Ah. Because because then what happens? So so let's talk about TDS. And like I said, I've got no affiliation with TDS. Don't know Neil. Don't know Vicky particularly well. No, who, not particularly. Who it's like. I'm not, I'm not bad, but yeah. So TDS, um, and I'm only talking about TDS because it's the one that people talk about most, uh-huh. and it's the one that's out there the most. Yeah, it's the disruptor. It is. Um, and um, Neil, if you are listening to this, uh, or Vicky, if you are listening get to in this, touch. Um, get in touch. Yeah, we would love to talk to you. Um, if we've got any of this wrong, um, let us know. TDS is run by essentially two people, uh-huh. or certainly on the dental legal level. Okay, yeah. you've got Neil Taylor, uh-huh. and you've got Vicky Holden. They've got a huge amount of low risk candidates. Mm-hmm. One would assume. Yeah, low risk does not mean no risk. No. And in you the can co- very quickly turn from a low risk to a high risk. Very, very quick overnight. As we know. <laughs> yeah. So, Waiting for that letter now. So, <laughs> Wait four days since you launched. Yeah, yeah, What's going to happen when the GDC cases start rolling in? Because uh-huh. in the current climate, that is likely to happen, it, you'd it, think. It is. I've thought about this a lot, but they have been running five years. Mm. Right, so they obviously have dealt with that. I, I, I can't. I don't. This is not not in a bad way or a good way or in any way. But I'm, I'm interested to see how they run their support. Um, yes. You know, yeah. we, we we were we were looking at the possibility that, and if this may well provoke a contact, but we were looking at the possibility of going. Well, here's our practice. You know, we've got 13 clinicians yeah. in here. So if we went over and said, right, we'd just like to go to an insurance-based provider. What can you do? Shows. Give me the stats. Give me the facts. What's it going to cost? Um, what's the runoff? Let's let. 
you know, we jump straight across. That's a big hit, you know, that's a big ticket. Mm-hmm. And um, but I don't I'm, I'm interested to see how that supports us when we get two cases at once here. Yeah. Who, who looks after Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. You know? And that's the thing. If you've got so if dental protection have got a not only have they got a group of dental legal advisors, they've got a huge auxiliary support staff. Huge. Um and um, huge huge advisors, Chris. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And Huge expert network. And they've got a, a website where you can just go and find, if you're concerned about something, you can go and find it uh-huh. pretty easily, like uh-huh. consent laws, that sort of thing. That's, for me, that's part of what I pay my fee for. Yeah, it is, as long as you sweat the assets. The same as being a member yeah, of yeah. anything, isn't it? It's like having been a member of the gym and not going. Yeah. You're quite right, because the, the courses, the free courses you can do from dental protection are astonishing. Mm. Um, you, you know, I access some of that stuff through my case when I was preparing myself for the investigation committee hearing. So, you know, communication stuff, et cetera, et cetera. You just access it through there. And that and that's the thing, isn't it? The thing is, so let's pick up a dental analogy, the, the jump between the old and the new, because the new is better and it's cheaper and all that, <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, when I was an NHS GDP up until probably circa 06, 07, 06, we're still fee per item. And everybody bitched about fee per item. I mean, like yeah. incessantly, like it was terrible. And I bet you everybody would take it back in a second, right? Probably, yeah. And and the thing is that there are, discretionary indemnity is not perfect. It's not. But you better be careful if you sell it down the river because you might wish you had it back again. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's it's definitely going to be on its way out. I think I think the days are num- looking at the political intention of 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 the government as much as anything else. I think um, there's protection DDU MDDUS. They are going going to have to change. Well, that the crown indemnity is enormous. Eh? It's not crown indemnity for dentistry. I don't think it's just not going to happen. It's no, not, not as a no, no, no. Dentist. But I mean, I mean the effect that has on the MDDUS. Oh uh, yeah. In yeah. terms of the fact that doctors can just do that, you know, I'm, I've got crown indemnity, yeah. so I'm only going to pay fifty pound a year mm-hmm. for my. I mean that's yeah, it's, crazy, it's, it's it? just that is that is a big a big dis- disruptor in, in the medical. So field. so let's for a minute it's a little bit more practical. Um um is is that if you were a dentist, what would you know with because we've thought about this kind of stuff and looked at it and we've investigated a jump to insurance base and haven't done it yet and we've worked, I've worked with the defence unions and you're you've got close knowledge of that stuff through your many things, but through your your masters and things. Um what would you advise somebody to do if you asked you? It's difficult, isn't it? Because coming out of university is simple because you join everyone. Well, coming out of university, else. what happens is, what happened to us was that there is a, if you come out of the dental school in Glasgow and Suckey Hall Street and turn left, there is a, was a bar up there. There's a lots of bars there. There was a bar up there and that was the ones that the unions took you to. And so the unions took you to the bar. And um, so dental, MDDUS took us to the bar and put a thousand pound behind the bar. This is in 1994. In Scotland, that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of money because it's only like it's only like five pence for a drink in Scotland because <laughs> the bar has got has got a mud roof. And, uh, and but it was all in Scottish notes, so yeah, it didn't count. Did it? it didn't count as like monopoly money. And um, and and so I remember a thousand pound behind the bar in 1994 was a lot. And then the DDU came up and then they put a hundred pound behind the bar. And I remember my friend Jimmy saying to the guy at the DDU, "You realise I'm ten times more likely." to join the MDDUS. <laughs> and so that's what they did, and they said sign here. And of course, you, in VT, it's a pound, isn't it, or whatever. Yeah, so it's something ridiculous, it's like a tenner or something. Right, yeah. so you just join for a tenner in the yeah. hope that they just keep you going. Yeah. And I joined the MDDUS and joined anybody else and stayed, and stayed in the yeah. MDDUS because I'm never going to need them. And until uh, I did, and um, but but did work with them. And um, But what I mean is now, so that you're at the end of VT and somebody comes back in now and says, right, 
give us your two grand. And you go, yeah, what? what? How much is that? Yeah, and that's so I had a, a, a former colleague of mine come up to me and said, my um, my indemnity has just gone up by a, a, a ridiculous amount. I was like, well, yeah, how long have you been qualifying? Five years, yeah, five years qualifying. You are now. Big risk. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You've got you've had your your cheapo few years where they're kind of trying to hook you in and and just feed you a little bit here and there. Yeah. And now, you that's it. Uh-huh. You are you are for whoever you go to, you're uh-huh. going to be paying a full whack. That's interesting. If th- that sort of information is freely available to dental graduates, I, th- I from the point of view where I think you know somebody doing a lecture, Sean, to dental graduates, which space are, are about to graduate, or to said you know. This is the the first five years, you know. Here you go because because you're going to have to pay. You, know, you want a significant, a significant amount of your income and indemnity. Yeah. You're going to have to pay your GDC fees. You're going to have yeah. to pay. Ideally, you'd probably be a member of the BDA. And then, some, you know, that three hundred grand that you're all earning as dentists just, <laughs> just disappears. Two hundred ninety-five before you know it. <laughs> and so, where so what what do you think is going to happen? Um, so I don't have a crystal ball, obviously. But I think that I really think the discretionary is going to have to change, real, really change. And then there may be some indication of what's happening with what happened, what everyone in dental protection got through the post about a year, eighteen months ago, which was a quite detailed questionnaire, quite detailed questionnaire of your practice profile, how much ortho you did, how many implants you did. Um, so breaking it down, so much more tailored care. So at the moment, I think you just get chipped into bands. You know, you're a two-year postgraduate. Yeah. You're doing implants. You've got this top on, and you've got something like bolts on like that. I think there'll be more it's like um, an actuarial calculation. Yeah, as yeah, to exactly. What, what your risk yeah, is. yeah. The, like like in car insurance. Like like car insurance. Yeah, so I think they'll, they'll they'll probably they'll probably have to go insurance base. We do a, a sinus grafting course. So, so to do sinus grafts would be to move you two into the next band up. Yeah. We see this a lot in the courses, actually, because the guys, for example, in year one, where I'm going straight after this, um, they come next month and start to put implants in in the practice, mm-hmm. and um, but they have to be protected. Yeah. So we say to them, we'll have to speak to your defence and then they come back and go, how much? <laughs> but they want to charge me this, and you're going, hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why you can't do an implant for 999 quid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And, um, and they... they and, and sinus grafting is the big one because as soon as you, you're already doing implants and you're only doing 30 a year and you think you might be sh- you maybe you should sinus graft and 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 then and then it's going to double your indemnity right to sinus graft and and so what people classically do which is a shame because to do the to do a course like a cadaver course is um pushes you on massively in your yeah. work right regardless it's a surgically based surgical skills course um but people go well, I'll, I'm going to have to do that many sinus grafts a year to pay my indemnity. And you go, well, it, you're actually getting a lot better at everything that yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, But they don't see that because it's, it's, it's the big picture thing and yeah. people not looking at the big but picture. Add, but but you can see that. how they add that up because if, if their indemnity is going to go from 6 to 12 yeah, but, and, and they're planning on charging 75 quid for a sinus graft, right? Yeah, they're going, it's, I'm going to have to do it. And so the, it's, it's a, a very big impact, not only just in what you have to shell out on that, either monthly basis or yearly basis that you pay it, but also on where you develop your practice going forwards. Mm. Because if you, because you, that's something that you would take into consideration You've and go, well, I'm not going to do something. I think that's that's where you, as a advice to young graduates, is have a, a, at least the semblance of a plan of what you want to be doing. Yeah, I think so. But not not too much. Yeah. Don't don't go into dental school thinking I want to be an oral surgeon and then realise that actually you like composite. Yeah. You know, don't be so tight. But when one year, once you're you're out there in the what the the wilds. 
you can actually think. Yeah, like, the, the, you know, the PDP thing does actually work. It does work. It does. It's really good. It's really good. I, I, I was living, breathing proof of that last week with stuff I was doing. It's really good. So, uh, so, but, 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 you know, indemnity is not going away. One of the benefits to practitioners for this model is it will see a reduction in cost because there's a lot of cost pressure on, um, on the on the big providers now. And I guess if you are, you know, the lower risk you are. The less you're going to pay, and that's the model you're talking about. Yes, I think about. so, and I think that kind of I suppose that will encourage higher quality work in a way as well. Yeah, no one, it, no one likes paying their, their car insurance. So but it no. does mean that you and I are completely fucked. <laughs> that was incisive, decisive. And that's it for our episode on indemnity. As usual, most of what we said are moderately educated guesses. So if you work for an indemnity provider or just want to correct us on anything we may have got some wrong, you can contact us in the usual ways. That is on Twitter at IncisivePod, via our Facebook page, or you can email us at info at IncisiveDecisive.com. If you'd like what we're doing, think about leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. It really helps spread the word, as does sharing the links to our episodes. As always, our music is by the wonderful Gallops. Hear more at gallopsgallops.com. So, until the next time, that was Incisive Decisive. Next time on Incisive Decisive. Imagine you had an open mind and you embraced different things. And I have this idea that people have two types of favourite movie. Dental nurses are in a position where they are um, doing photography in our practice. They're doing intraoral scanning in our practice. They're doing radiography. All of them do that in our practice. Why would you go into dental nursing earning the same ways you can work at Tesco's? No, really, I have, uh, I have totally forgotten. Okay, let's go. Are we done? Yeah, we're on. Oh. <laughs> do we need an intro? We do need some kind of intro, yeah. Um, um.